When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to another episode of Lori and Julia. I'm Sani. I'm in for Donnie. I just wanted to remind you about My Talk 1071. They're hosting a ninth annual Food for Families Drive presented by ColburnsDelivers.com and Green Mill Restaurant and Bar, and it's benefiting Second Harvest Heartland. Bring a donation to the Colleen and Bradley broadcast at Klein Nissan in Maplewood on Friday, June 21st from noon to 3 p.m. Get all the details at MyTalk1071.com, keyword food. And now, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I present to you Lori and Julia. Thank you, Sonny. <laughs> Thank you so much. Are we all so happy it's Friday? Yes, Woo-hoo. yes, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that was fun yesterday at the uh, Altitudes Bar at the MSP Intercontinental. You guys kept making my mouth water talking oh. about all the. <laughs> they all the had these this macaroni and like little scoop tostilla oh. chips that had just been like just zapped in the oven or something that were Those so were delicious. Whatever it was, whatever it was, yeah. I know it was mac and cheese in a mouthful on Be kind of a chip odd. thing. Yeah, it yeah. was. That was really fun, and thanks to everyone who. Who heard our plea to show up and... We had a good... Very good. Well, in that space, you don't get to go to unless you're at a private event. The 12th floor, Mm Altitude Bar, where literally we sat and there was a gentleman there who worked at the airport who was telling us how much space the planes... Because we watched after our broadcast, planes take off and land and how Mm -hmm. much space they would need on the runway to take off and what's the clearance pattern for when people it's come in? It was an orchestrated insider. dance what those traffic, those air traffic controllers do. And that was, I thought, really fun. You know, like, okay, you just, you're just, the people are just boom, 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 boom. I just think that would be, I'm always in awe of people who will want to become an air traffic controller, yep. and I'm always worried that there won't be enough of them. Now, you guys said, okay, because anytime, <laughs> anytime I do anything with airport, I get anxiety. Mm-hmm. You guys said you don't have to go through TSA or anything to get to this hotel, like there's a specific entrance easy oh, way yeah. to get to you them. just get to the intercontinental msp airport, airport off of yeah. post road basically mm-hmm. okay and, and so if you so were going sim- somewhere and you just had uh, a carry-on you didn't need to check a bag right. they have a tsa and a security checkpoint there just in the morning mm-hmm. 5 15 a.m to 10 a.m yeah. five days because seven days then a week. after you're cleared there then you can just walk through but okay. come up with your boarding pass so yeah if you do have a little anxiety mm-hmm. uh, about standing <laughs> in line at the airport oh yeah or That's, parking or all of that uh-huh, stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah, I know. Oh my gosh. So we talked about this. Uh, we talked about Elon Woods being pregnant by the hot 30 year old former NFL guy yesterday. And that's Tiger Woods' ex wife. That's right. He's playing in the U.S. Open, by the way, in case you need a sports update from Mitchell's. Yes. Anyway. Thank you. Uh, Holly posted his photo. This uh, NFL player, He's just beautiful. so you can take a look at him. There's not many. What's his name again? His name is Jordan. 
And um, he, the only place... His name is Jordan Jordan Cameron. So he's got two first names for his name. And they met at Art Basel in 2016. Of course they did. The only photos you can find of this guy are fan pages on Insta. And the latest photo of him from Getty Images is Art Basel 2016. So he's... Loki, he's a low beautiful key. man, I mean, and, and she's always been the same. Yeah, Loki. Anyway, and she she was always classy, you know, about uh, her husband being a complete dog. Yes, and yeah. they have two <laughs> children together, Sam and Charlie, yeah. which I think their kids, Tiger Woods and Elans, are like ten and twelve or something. Yes, and Madonna's uh, two girls are only six. six. I saw that, Lori. <gasps> oh my gosh! I saw that. All right, today. I was tennis last night. Okay, because I was. I, uh, I wondered how you were going to do because we did have a nice glass of rosé at the con- Intercontinental. Well, that ad- and I thought, how is that going to be playing tennis on a glass of rosé? I was very curious. Well, first of all, I went to the wrong place. Oh, so, so that was what the glass of rosé did. <laughs> no, I didn't read the directions. Okay. Even I just assumed. So I went to. She also has eye dyslexia too. I have so not only it. ear so dyslexia, ear and eye. Okay, eye dyslexia and ear dyslexia. My body feel like it, and personality <laughs> maybe. Even. But I, but I totally went to the wrong place, and it's like the matches start at seven thirty. Is the this West, an all women's league? Yeah, it's a it USTA a all women's league. Okay, and so some people play singles, some people play doubles. And what do you play? I play doubles. Okay. Oh my God, if I had to play singles, I think I would pass out and die. Oh, that's a um, lot of work to play it's singles. It's a lot of work. Yeah. And I'm not ready. You know, I'm just right. getting... And then what do you do about when it comes down the middle, even in doubles? It's always an awkward sitch. Someone better call it. You hope that your feet move. Right. And you call it? Yes. Mine. Or... Yours. Switch. Get it. Help. <laughs> I mean, last night... Okay, so what happened? I went to totally the wrong place, and so I had to go from 98th Street in Bloomington to baseline, which is the University of Minnesota, and I made it there maybe in 13 minutes. Wow. And I parked, and I had to sprint, because otherwise we would have had to forfeit our match. Oh, you have to be there right by, at, yeah. I was five minutes It's like late. bowling. If you're not there by the third frame, yeah. your, uh, oh. your, your score doesn't count. And we played, um, Sandra and I played, um, I played with her last week. Is so she your regular? No, you never get to play usually with the same person. Right. So you don't know who you're playing with? Well, you, you, no, not on our team. Mm-mm. And I'm new to all this. Yeah. And so we played against Hello to Nancy and I want to say Colette, but I feel like that's the wrong name. Coletta. Khalid. No, God, she was so funny. Did you recruit him? Were they already no, listening? No, I didn't even recruit, but I knew that she might have known when she called me Lori. Oh, okay. At one point. Yeah. But we started at 7.45 and didn't end up till 10.15. Whoa. I was exhausted. And not only, you know, I got a little plantar fasciitis in both feet going on. She did too. And every time, you know, you switch sides game one, then you switch sides right. game three. You switch, mm-hmm. and then in your if you're in a tiebreaker, which... We were in both sets. You got to win by two. Right, but you got to switch after the first serve. Oh, then you switch after the oh. fifth serve. Then you switch after... I mean... Did you win? Yes. But only... It was 7 6 6 7 10, 8 in a tiebreaker. I thought I was going to die. This I was, like, didn't want to do it anymore. Yeah. I'm like, why do we have to keep switching sides? Why do we have to follow the rules at this point? I was so When you do done. league anything, you have to go by the rules. Oh. Julia, even at bowling, we go under the the bowling, like the whatever, the International Bowling Congress. Right. And so I, it, any kind of, if it's sanctioned league, whatever it is, tennis, you know, they really do are sticklers about you. 
doing everything by the books. Right. And then this woman, I, I want to call her Colette, but I feel like that's her name. She could spin the ball that it would just sit at your feet and die. Oh dear! And it would just drive you crazy. I mean, because yeah. I can't do any of the. Are fancy you a stuff. fancy like? Can you do those little short lobs? Where it Barely, looks, Lori. Oh, that's I am always not, fun when you I make not somebody. Skilled. Yeah, I, my partner was really good at the net. Yeah. I'm not. I mean, I just pray it gets over the net, and then <laughs> I hate playing the net. <laughs> well, I I try not to. Yeah. I play back far, and then I just kept getting me, so I had to move up a little bit. You know, I had a couple shots. It's just it's fun. It gets you out of your house. I had a little, it was too long for me. I mean, literally. That's a long match. I thought, because then I had to walk. Did you want to throw card. the ball? Like, did you want to throw I, the match? I did said, you think about it? <laughs> well, I'm like, oh, oh. I was just like, oh, I'm so done. I hate this do right you, now. Did my mind. Do you have to play all of the matches? Yes. Well, oh, you have to finish out the of match. Three, yeah, for or, some reason, I was thinking we had to play three sets. Yeah. And I forgot you play tiebreaker after two sets. So I'm thinking, I can't make another because we lost the second set, yeah. and I'm like, I cannot make it through because every single game was deuce. Yeah, so so much serving for all of us. You right. know, we were all in it. It was really the women were so lovely. It was it's fun. Yeah, but it was really I was like, oh please. Yeah, we're all, right. all like, where we just all wanted to go home and have a glass of wine. Yeah, because <laughs> you're then you're all wound up and you can't go to bed. Right, of course. Mm-hmm. So anyway, what did you binge last um, last night? You know what I watched? Mm. Um, I finished the book. Because oh. we thought we were having Ellen Hildebrand on today, but yeah. she's not on until next week. But right. I finished the summer of 69, loved it. So good. But I watched this morning A Star is Born. Oh, yeah, that's on HBO right now, right. isn't it? Yeah. And I just, there was nothing. And I just thought, I'm going to watch the movie. Because okay. last time we went, you know, I just didn't feel like I was really giving it attention. And, you know, I have this new TV with this new oh, <laughs> Did you like it even more? And all you saw it on that big I, screen I, and... I, really enjoyed Lady Gaga it. was so good in that she, role. And Ugh. I looked at him and I thought of all the work they did on that and I thought that manager was such a dinkus Moranis. That movie was good. It was fun to watch it again. And Mark Ronson, who we're going to have on our show later yes. by way oh, of wow. Watch What Happens Live, oh, wow. mm-hmm. he of course won a Grammy co-writing that song with Shallow. her Shallow and of course Uptown No, Funk he won an Oscar. An Oscar for Shallow. With Lady Gaga. He's been everywhere because he has a new album out and people want to talk to him because he's such an interesting story and his whole career and everything, all the people he's worked with. So we will hear from him Anyway, it holds up, Lori. And then I watched Younger's out, the new season of Younger, Mm -hmm. and they feature Lizzo's Juice song in the opening we had a couple people tweet us oh that was so much fun yeah that's good that's do you like that show still i do i love it i do i really do okay it's on tv land when we uh come back and i think it's the last season of younger and i never knew that that guy the main guy charles the the publisher is mariska hargadis husband of 15 years Neither did I until you just got your People magazine yeah. today. Yeah, we know. Hey, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us on this TGIF. Um, this guy was everywhere today, and I watched him on everything that he was on. And uh, uh, Kevin Bacon is the guy. Of course, he looks hot. He, he, As he's aging, he looks even better. He, well, he does. And, you know, you forget that the first time we ever saw Kevin Bacon was in Footloose? No. Animal House. He was one of the nerdy frat boys. It was his oh, very you're right. first movie was uh, Animal House. And then, of course, Footloose and, you know, just so many great movies. Tremors, which is a campy cult classic uh, movie of his. But he's in this new 
um, Ben Affleck produced crime police Boston drama called City on a Hill, which premieres on Showtime on Sunday night. So he was on Colbert last night. He was on GMA. Then he went and saw the ladies on The View. And he's got a mustache because this 90s cop, yeah. you know, they're filming it. I kind of think, I, you know, I love a cheesy mustache. Oh, he I, looks, I just love it. I think, it. Lori, he looks good. Well, here's Kevin Bacon talking about his new mustache. Did a pilot first, uh, not knowing if we were going to do the full series. And mm-hmm. when I, 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 as soon as I read the character, I thought I, I really see this guy with a mustache because even though it, t- it takes place in the early '90s, and that was a time when mustaches were kind of going out, but mm-hmm. he's someone that's kind of living in another era, mm-hmm. and uh, it just seemed super appropriate. You don't really think to yourself that if this, if it goes to series, you'll actually have this thing for six months, <laughs> and uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna lie i'm kind of getting tired of it in fact i had a, a, my makeup artist build a standby just in case it was going to drive me nuts you know to this kind of so there's a like sort of a lip merkin that's hanging out you know a waiting, lip merkin. waiting but i decided to keep it on um but it's harder to seem tough with a fake mustache because after yeah. acting for a while you get a little sweaty and you go hold it right there mister <laughs> i How about that yeah i guess they do have a uh, mustache Merkins or mm-hmm. whatever you call it, but I love that he called called it that. And um, it is um, it's an idea that Ben Affleck, along with Matt Damon, they had this idea because you know, I mean, he also was in The Departed. Yep. Um, you know, he's like he said to I think he told the ladies on the View people, or maybe we have it on getting crap from Bostonians about how many times he's played because this is like his fourth or fifth time playing a Boston cop or FBI guy or something like that. But here's the next one because Kira Sedgwick uh, does, um, she directs him in at least one episode of this new series, City on a Hill. I don't know. You know, it's a funny thing where when when a a couple uh, is working together, and especially if it's a director and and uh, and an actor, you know, the crew is all ready to see, like, bad things happen, you know, fireworks. And, you know, sure. she's going to... And it's that kind of joke, which I find a little annoying, which is, ah, yeah, she's going to boss you around, huh? Just like she does in real life. And yeah. it's like, I find it, like, kind of sexist, frankly. And, yes. and, and, uh, and, and, you know, I think people see pretty quickly that we, you know, have a good working uh, relationship. Yes. That being said, I mean, we're very affectionate people. And... Um, you know, we had a very serious uh, uh, sexual harassment meeting at the beginning of, of our season. Oh, sure. And I think that in, in this day and age, people are just in general kind of trying to be less handsy. And so uh, I have to be careful to try to keep my hands to myself when my wife is around. In fact, she said to me once, you know, All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, 
Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Please don't touch me there. You know, while we're <laughs> oh. working. Um. While we're in front of everybody. It's just, it well, doesn't, you know it doesn't look ne- good. You know my next question, Kevin Bacon. <laughs> Yeah, I would take that to be a little butt grab. Like, yeah. you know, maybe he d- does that whenever he passes by or he kind of like, you Ooh, know, cups be grabbing his. the booty while she at work now. That's I'm right. That's right. So I think oh, he's just, they've been together 30 years. Is it That's been? cute that he's even smacking her booty. I know. <laughs> They're Isn't really it cute? a good looking couple. He's fun to follow on Insta if we don't follow him. Okay. Julia. Do you guys follow him on Twitter? Uh, yes. Listen, I am. I'm trying to encourage you because really, he and Kira, they they sometimes they come together. She plays the ukulele, and they sing little songs together. It'd be lovely to follow all these people, but if I can follow them, but that doesn't mean I have to go look at them. No, but just click on follow. <laughs> I know, but it doesn't. Julia, just do it. Then let's then starting our why, relationship. Why don't you want to follow Kevin? Yeah, Lee? I mean it's it just doesn't. That, it's just to me if you have to it's follow. It's not him, a you commitment. Work. No, Julia. This seems like it would be less work. I don't want to be in a relationship up. with these people. It's too much commitment. Me follow. Yeah, I mean it's not that. I mean, my goodness, we want people to follow us, as Lori Julia. What <laughs> so if they have that same kind Kevin of Kevin Bacon? <laughs> yeah, just. You know, in case we ever have another lovely red counter uh, carpet, red carpet encounter with him, because we've had, and, you can and we can just say stuff. we followed you, and right before here today, we looked at your. Yeah, we've been following last- Kevin Bacon for a real long time, Julia. Oh, good lord, the things you make me do. Oh yeah, it's just terrible, isn't it? It's the Bacon brothers are going on tour this summer. You know, he and his brother have had their. They used to. They'd come here every once in a while and play at the Fine Line. But we digress. Let's talk about how people yell at him about uh, all the. Okay, let me about just Stonian. tell you how many followers he has. First of all, no, this okay. is too classic. Okay? okay, we have to follow him. Guess how many follows followers the real Kevin Bacon has? How many? Oh, I thought it was six hundred and fifty-one. Thousand. I know. I forgot that. Yeah. I okay. Maybe he will like us because he only has six hundred fifty-one followers. <laughs> oh my! And his co-star Aldous Hodge, who you'll recognize from movies and TV, he plays the district attorney, and Kevin Bacon is the FBI guy who is openly racist and sexist you know like they like he kind of said with his mustache she's operating out of a different time and of course the early 90s people were still quite i mean piggish ways yes. ruled oh yes mm-hmm. yeah okay so here we go on the boston piggish ways ruled. <laughs> i'm from philly and uh i've lived in new york since i was 17 but i've gotten so many gigs in boston i just do i do it again and again and again and in fact when i showed up uh to start um the, this show to start the pilot I rolled into uh, the hotel and I had my dog in the car and uh, dropped the car with the valet and I was going to walk my dog uh, in the public garden in the center of Boston. I'm taking the dog for a walk and just randomly out of the blue there's a guy sitting in the car He's like, hey, why do you get all the Boston cops? And I was like, what? He says, why do you get to play all the Boston cops? <laughs> and I, I turned around and I said, like, uh... I I just, I don't know. I mean, it turned out that he was a he was you know uh, an actor oh. who uh, I guess 
and and the, the truth is, is that if, you know when, we, when I really engaged with him, he was just just really just kind of trying to give me crap. You know. Thank so, you, Kevin Bacon. We're gonna tune into City on a Hill. On- All right, of course it's Friday. We've got Chris Hewitt from the Star Tribune. We're gonna talk uh, movies and maybe some plays. And we have a, all of us have mouths full of Twizzlers. No, we have nibs. We have nibs today. He always okay. brings us red licorice. Seriously, seventeen years you've been coming to our show. Do you know that? And you always you only forgot like once. I think I didn't forget. I think I was like late or something. And you were late. Time. I don't forget Twizzlers. Okay. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Do you bring them? Twizzlers are too important. When you go see screenings, do you bring your own? No, I don't eat anything actually. At a screening, because you're taking notes. Yeah, because I used to, I mean, I love popcorn. I would right. totally get popcorn, although it's probably a good thing that I don't. But my fingers would get all greasy, and I probably wouldn't. It's already hard enough to read my notes that I oh, take in the that, dark. So. Okay, that is so funny, because you do take notes in the dark. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, Who's been the bitchiest interview you've ever had? I just need to know let's that. Let's start out with the negative. Yeah, I want to oh. know the bitchiest. Um, can I have two? Yes, please. please. You can have five. Maggie Gyllenhaal. <laughs> Really horrid for what movie for what or movie show? And Casa why? de los Babies. So she wasn't even a star yet, and she was awful. And another one who wasn't even a star yet, and she was awful, is Angelina Jolie. Really for okay. what movie? Hackers. Okay, she I was in that. town. I might have told you guys this, this no, guys this story before, us. but she was in town for this movie along with Johnny Lee Miller, who was also in the movie. Her, her, was that your husband at the time, or was your secret husband? He was her secret husband at the time, but everybody knew the secret. And mm-hmm. when you asked, she would just flat out lie about it. Yeah, even though they were. I was actually usually they they rent like a conference room or something, but I was actually in their room <gasps> and saw their bed in Decibel or a hard yeah. way to say that. So oh, it was pretty it. clear what was going on, but they still both lied to my face. So and she was, was snotty. She, Tell me she what she did. Snotty. Like, give me an she example. She was late. She had like one word mumbly answers mm-hmm. to questions, like she didn't want to be there. I mean. She was a nobody at that point yeah. on a, you know, free tour of the country in nice hotel rooms. It was the one on the Marquette, Marquette and Sixth. Oh, yeah, that is nice. Yeah. yeah. And she was nasty and didn't have anything interesting to say. He was actually pretty delightful. Yeah. Was she about 24? Would this be about 20 years ago? Um. Yes. I think that yeah. movie might have come out in like 95, 96. Yeah. yeah. That sounds about a little more than 20 years 20 ago. 20 years. Probably. Okay. And, and do so. you and so as far as like the big stars, who do you think is the most was the Who's most been nice, surprisingly delightful? Uh, Sandra Bullock. I don't know about surprisingly. I would have thought she'd be delightful, yeah. and she was. Uh, Meg Ryan is delightful. Um, Nicole Kidman. I've never interviewed Nicole Kidman. Weirdly, yeah, that's, that's got to be on your list then. I really. This was a long time ago when I interviewed him. It was actually on the, the, the press tour in New York for Pulp Fiction, but John Travolta was delightful. I believe that. And very grateful about the fact that he had kind of come back from a career in the toilet to yeah. start him again, and now he's back in the toilet, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, there have been actually, I mean, I would say, Most for people, one thing, they're actors, and right. they can act like a decent person for 20 minutes, right. but even beyond that, you can kind of get a sense of people a little bit, and I would say for the most part, they've been actually pretty nice. They're nice. Okay. Pretty nice, well, yeah. someone who we were enchanted with like two weeks ago. I oh, mean, Bonnie Hunt. Oh, Bonnie Hunt. Bonnie oh. Hunt is a super big oh. favorite. She oh, came she to is? town for that movie she directed, sorry to interrupt, yeah. that starred Minnie um, Drive. I forget what the name of that was movie was. Was she the one where she was a massage therapist? <laughs> 
There was something about a heart transplant yeah. into David Duchovny. I love that from, movie. Mm-hmm. I love that movie. And she was she was just so was. genuine and delightful and wonderful. It was and at that the Chicago, could be. Um, it was in Chicago. Yep, where she's mm-hmm. from. That could actually segue us into the movies because she's a voice in Toy Story Four. Oh, she is, which comes out next week, and which I've seen. And is it is uh, Tom Hanks was on Kimmel last night and said it's the best one yet. I don't think it's the best one yet. I think I might still. Th- think oh god i love them all yeah i might still think three is the best one but it's good and it's different in that there's like a romantic angle Mm -hmm. in it that we have not really had before Mm -hmm. so i'm sorry i'm kind of all over the place i didn't mean to take us in that direction but um, and she plays the voice of a like a doll basically do you think actors love this animated work they must yeah i mean you can wear your pajamas and I heard Hank Azaria talking about when he does, because he does so much animation, but he said he likes to go in and record solo, not with any of the other characters, because he can just... That's almost always the way it's done. Is it? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, I didn't know if they worked together or how the Hardly animated. ever. Okay. And, you know, one thing I was thinking actually about this the other day, how different that has become, because now you'll see, like for Toy Story 4, I've seen interviews with the stars and press tours, and it used to be that the stars would not get billed in the movie because they were not getting paid very much for the movie and they didn't have to do press for the movie. It was like a relatively easy anonymous gig that you could do. Like even as recently as I think Robin Williams and Aladdin, that was like the first one where the, uh, the part was so prominent that you became the star of the movie, even though we never saw you. I just figured out the damn Mm -hmm. title. I had to, that was a deep search. That is a deep search. Return to Me with Bonnie Hunt directed it. She wrote it. David Duchovny, Mini Driver, Carol O'Connor. Oh. Mm-hmm. Must have been her dad. Mm-hmm. All right, how many, what are you giving Toy Story? Three out of four? I think it'll be three and a half. Three and a half. And that opens not uh, today, but a week from today. A week from today. Well, we couldn't figure out because we kept seeing Mindy Kaling and Emma Thompson. And they said the movie opened last week. At, where is it playing? Late night? Have you seen it? Is it out? Like it's it? everywhere now. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. Originally, it was going to be here last week, and then they tightened the number of cities. I think it was just L.A., New York, and Toronto last week. All right. But I no think wonder it's... we couldn't go right. see it last week. Sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And which of you is not interested in it? No, we no, both, both want to see it. It's oh, okay. uh, the uh, zombie movie. No, you're the zombie. Talk about. I am. But late night. Did you like it? I did. I wanted to. I have a review in the paper today, actually. Okay. I wanted to like it a little bit more than I did. And, you know, part of that is probably it's a knockoff of Devil Wears Prada. Let's face it. It is. And that movie is so fun. Yeah, it is. And uh, holds up, at least to the extent that I can tell from having seen bits of it on TV since then and pretty mm-hmm. recently. And I don't know. I guess I wanted this to be in that territory. And mm-hmm. I don't think it is as good. I don't think it is as sharply written as that. Mm-hmm. For one thing, it kind of only has two characters. Mindy Kaling plays a character kind of based on her own experiences, I think, on The Office, who is a, in quotation marks, diversity hire right. for a late night talk show that is hosted by Emma Thompson. And the other writers kind of shun her because she doesn't fit with their basically 40-year-old Ivy League white wasp male background. And she eventually begins to get some good ideas to the host, and they sort of form a bond. But they remain, I would say, frenemies throughout most of the movie. The Emma Thompson character is maybe even nastier than Miranda Priestly because she's not just, like, lost in her own world nasty. She just is nasty. And how long has she supposedly been a late-night host? 30 years. Okay, and so she's like a Johnny Carson type of a thing. Yes, but she's getting put out to pasture, we find out right at the beginning of the movie, and so in an attempt to save 
her job, she begins to do social media and have man on the street interviews. She has to change things. She has to change things. Okay. And it turns out that it's a change for the better. And some of the, I think the problem with the movie is that her character is a little bit hard to believe because well, like, there hasn't been a woman who's been a late wait. night doctor. I mean, that's one thing. <laughs> okay. And she's in her reluctance to change. She's talking about how she doesn't want to have celebrities on her show. She wants to continue to have Doris Carnes Goodwin, the Pulitzer Prize winning biographer of LBJ on her yeah, show. Yeah. Well, who's ever mm-hmm. since like maybe Dick Cavett in the seventies yeah. gotten away with having Doris Carnes Goodwin on their show. That just doesn't even really make sense. Yeah. But um, she wants to be above it. She kind of wants to be above it, yeah. but I don't think she would have lasted 30 years if she was above well, it. Well, true. And then, weirdly, she does an improv set at a comedy club and Are you kills. giving away the whole movie? No, I'm not. All right. It's a minor <laughs> okay. minor detail, but she supposedly kills, and her material isn't that good. And she gets a standing ovation, and you're like, well, I don't really quite get that. Yeah, yeah. But the office stuff, I think, is very well written, and the relationship between those two is entertaining. And it's Emma Thompson. Yeah. I, I love, love Emma her. Thompson. See, I love her. What would you not see Emma uh-uh. Thompson in? Anything? That's so true. I mean, she's fantastic, and she's really funny. She's really ultimately kind of sweet it's like a, a potentially i would say oscar performance if oscars were willing to recognize comedy comedy ever. all right she's great in it and it reminded me of a movie did you guys know about this movie last year that she was in the children act which no, is she streaming now right and that was that where good? she wanted she was the prime minister or something in england a judge. a judge and she she has to intervene in a case of a kid who's whose family is jehovah's, jehovah's witness, witness and doesn't want medical treatment and he's going to die without it and they form this kind of odd bond it's a really good movie and this movie reminded me that that movie is out there but almost nobody saw it because it vanished into the streaming and what's it called again the children's the, act the children act. the children act it's based I, on a novel by ian McEwan, and it's really good and she's fantastic in that too so you could have a double feature this all weekend. right that's all oh, i'm saying thank about Emma goodness i love it um okay so how about now i was i saw selena gomez on um jimmy fallon the other night and when she was at the Cannes film festival for this jim jarmusch uh, what is it called the, movie? the dead don't die the dead don't die yep um, and on the red carpet, he's like, what the heck was Bill Murray saying to you that he was cracking you up, you know? And cause, and she said, well, I'm nervous at these things. So he was just like, do you know me? Do, do you know who I am? And he just was like saying stuff to crack her up. And, I bet he's good at that too. Like oh, making you feel relaxed in a situation where well, he, when he landed in Cannes, they, they were having a taxi strike because they're mad at the Uber and Lyft drivers. So they were blocking the traffic and he got a cab driver to break the picket line. Because he said, there's a zombie invasion in Cannes and I have to get there. <laughs> of course I did. Of course. Of course. So how is this? This is the movie. I said, one of us will see it. One of gotcha. us won't. Gotcha. Because it's zombie. It. I love everything zombie. It is pretty bloody. So I think you're right, oh, probably, to decide not to go. Um, it's fun. The the To me, the key thing is Tilda Swinton plays a... She is made up to look exactly like the early 70s rocker Johnny Winter. <gasps> and she plays that is such an image that's okay the albino rocker yeah yes mm-hmm. and she plays a scottish accented small town ninja slash mortician i mean again <laughs> how do you not want to see that yeah it's amazing well, i do like well, that description Chris. See? variety said that you would either love the movie or loathe the movie like many jim jarmusch movies now that's a quote from the critic at variety i think, think it's a little more accessible than most jim Jim Jarmusch movies have been, 
Um, it's not necessarily the first movie to get to the idea that zombies are sort of a meta- metaphor for consumerism and are, you know, being distracted by our phones and stuff like right. that. I never knew that. But I think it's pretty clever. Yeah. And uh, the, everybody in the world is in the movie. Who's in it? Bill Murray, Iggy Pop, Tilda Swinton, Chloe Sevigny. Tom Waits. Adam Driver. Steve Buscemi. All right. Yeah, it's a pretty amazing cast. And I think probably all of them are in it because Jim Jarmusch said, hey, you want to do this movie for like four days? Because nobody has a very big part except actually for Bill Murray and Adam Driver, who are the cops in this town who are trying to deal with essentially as... I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Zombie apocalypse that yeah. descends on their small Selena yeah. Gomez town. isn't even on the first page of yeah. the cast. Her yeah. part is very small and yeah. I don't mean to suggest that a zombie kills are pretty early in the movie but a zombie kills are pretty early yeah. in the movie. Rosie Perez is in it. She plays a newswoman. She might be one of the few people who survives. She plays a newswoman who we see in the background a lot reporting on the yeah. early signs. And it's uh, brought about by climate change um, so I guess there's sort of a little bit all of social right. Do you think commentary. it'll do alright? Um, like here, will it just be at the Uptown or Lagoon? It'll or just be at the Uptown or Lagoon, I okay. think. But I think it'll do fairly well. I mean, all of those people probably bring in a lot of potentially different audiences. Well, yeah. Like, where else are you going to see Selena Gomez and Tilda Swinton in the same movie? Exactly. Well, that is true. All right, listen, when we come back, we're talking with Chris Hewitt from the Star Tribune. We're talking uh, movies. If anyone has a question, they can call Sonny at 651-641-1071, and we'll pick uh, the movie and also the play mine, because you do cover plays and musicals for this trip. We'll be right back. There's a little Halsey for you on a Friday afternoon. We're talking with Chris Hewitt from the Star Tribune. Um, let's talk Rocket Man. I think we talked about it with you. You and I saw it, but Julia just finally saw it. Oh my gosh. So good. So did good. you love it? I did, and I loved that it's, I mean, I love that it's kind of everything Bohemian Rhapsody isn't. I mean, it's weird. <laughs> it actually is a musical where people like break out singing in the middle of nowhere. To, for the it story, was, it works. It's like it's a jukebox musical movie that works. It felt like, like Broadway, a live performance meta movie. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. In I, fact, I bet we have a Elton John stage musical on the way. I oh, I'm think, sure, but it was so clever. Yeah, yeah, the way they used the music to tell the story, how it fit in. It was. And, you know, even like not caring that songs were out of chronological order, right, but if yeah. they made kind of a logical sense, then mm-hmm. it was okay to use them. And also, have we mentioned that Taron Edgerton is ridiculously hot? He was ridiculous. Oh, my gosh. Hot pants he wears? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. He is amazing. Thoughts. I love the way yeah. it starts and I love the way it ends. Yeah. That's a great movie. Oh, and yeah. The group did, therapy. Yeah. The group therapy. Didn't you think that that was like one of the hottest. Um, homoerotic love scenes we've ever had in a R-rated movie. It was pretty good. I mean, let's face it, we haven't had too many of them. No, I thing, know but. we haven't, but I was like impressed that they went 
you know, like that no they Lori gave us. No, but I mean, I, I know she really. I was really, impre- I was impressed with that because we too. don't see it, and it no. was hot. I mean, sometimes I feel like you see more on TV than we do in the big. Screen. Oh, for sure, we do that. American yeah. uh, God Show. I, yeah. defi- I haven't seen that show, but I've seen outtakes of it. Right, and it looks like they went there too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with you, and that's another area. I mean, not to harp on Bohemian Rhapsody, which I do not think is a good movie, but oh, we that's another it. area mm-hmm. where this movie. Does something that Bohemian Rhapsody shied Did away not. from yeah, and was right. unwilling to kind of grapple with. And I also think just kind of the poignancy of just living this uh, closeted life, you know, and that, that time when he was born, meaning Elton John, you know, mm-hmm. and just just the messaging. Because, I mean, wasn't, wasn't homosexuality, I think homosexuality was Ill, like against the law in England until like 75. It, it I was, think it's late 60s. But yeah, it was for most of his oh, childhood. Yeah, yeah. So I just thought that poignancy of telling that story and kind of getting into, you know, where does this musical, you know, genius come from? And yeah. I don't know. And I, also, I mean, it ends in like what nineteen eighty, early nineteen eighty. Yeah, so there's right. a lot more music to come. I'm ready for the sequel. Yeah, yeah right. Totally. And they, there are so many good songs. You know, I was talking to people afterwards, and they were like, "Oh man, Philadelphia Freedom isn't it in it? Oh man, whatever other song isn't in it? Sure, he just says too many hits. Too many hits. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Way, too many. We're talking but about maybe Rocket they man. saved him for uh, Rocket Man Two. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because he's got to get married. Yes, yes, also. yes, he does. Oh, and that was nice too at the end, where we saw a little bit of the real when they sh- when they share all the things that El- what Elton has done in his life. Yeah, because uh, kind I of mean, amazing. I kind of had forgotten about yes, Ryan completely. White and yeah. yeah. Oh, remember? Oh, He's man. raised so much money for yeah. uh, HIV/AIDS. It's amazing. It really is. He and Elizabeth Taylor. Yeah, who still is? I think. Yeah, she's still with White Diamonds. That's and, right. That's yeah. right. Uh, what do you think about Quentin Tarantino confirming he'll do an R-rated, F-bomb-filled Star Trek movie? Yeah. I, uh, I mean, I would probably be here for it. Yeah. I wonder what a Quentin Tarantino confirmation means, though, because it seems like he's kind of he's had a bunch of other projects that haven't necessarily happened. Yeah. Okay, so he just declares things. Uh, yeah, I mean, his movies take a really long time would to come be together. A, yeah, would it be a Tarantino film counting as one of his numbers, or is he just uh, you know how weird he is? Like he's only yeah. going to do ten movies. Yeah, and he only supposedly has like what two left or yeah. something like that. So yeah. yeah, I don't know. I guess we'll see. All right, and that could mean he's just going to write one, maybe or. I wonder what's going to be called. I, I, I don't know. I don't know, but I know he changed his poster for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and made it be a hand-drawn vintage one. He must have listened to me. And he must Holly, have. Holly, we mm-hmm. talked about this one day. It was like, what do you mean you're going to do a 70s uh, or early 60s thing? I mean, all the posters were hand-drawn. Yeah, that looks pretty good to me, actually. Doesn't it? That could almost be like, what was that movie with uh, Raquel Welch, James Caan, and... Uh, not freebie in the bean, but you. Oh my. Uh, I forget. But anyway, it reminds me a lot of that poster, whatever that movie was. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, let's see. What else do you know? Oh, Guys and Dolls. What yes. Are, you, are we it, excited for that? That's going to be at the Guthrie? I am. I love that musical. There is Everyone not a bad song that. in that show. Some people say it's the perfect musical. It is. That's Lori. I've I, never seen it either. that I can recall. I don't, I don't think. I, what songs are in it? Um, well, Guys and Dolls, Adelaide's Lament, which is a song that people probably don't know from the title, but... It was um, called Flare Up. If I were a... Raquel Welsh and James Caan. It was? Mm. Um, If I Were a Bell is from that. Uh, let's see what else. Well, why is it the perfect musical? Because there's... what in People it? love this. I it know. has a great score. The book is really fun. Um, What's it about? 
It is set. It's based on stories by Damon Runyon, and it's set in the the gangstery but light gangstery underworld in New York. And I want to say it's like the thirties, forties. No, um, it's post prohibition because okay. um, they go to Cuba at one point actually. And there's two two couples basically. Uh, one is a woman who's in the Salvation Army and a gambler, and is he going to settle down? And the other has been engaged for 14 years and are in kind of a holding pattern, and are they going to get married? Yeah. And so it's kind of that romance, but there's also this luck be a lady, isn't oh, it? Oh, yeah. There's also the backdrop of the gangsters, and the gangsters sing that song, and it's a big dance number. Uh, it probably has the showstopper to stop all showstoppers, if that's uh-huh. an expression, which yeah, is I called like sit down, you're rocking the boat. Which uh, people should Google the Tony Awards performance of that from, I would say, the late 80s, early 90s. J.K. Simmons is one of the supporting gangsters in it, and he's amazing in this performance. But it was on the Tonys, and it's a fantastic number. So this is going to be, what, a couple months at the Guthrie? Yep, it it starts performances a week from today, Okay, and it opens two weeks from today on June 28th and runs through August. I, I do want to see this because yeah. everybody says it's everything, and yeah. I've never seen it. I haven't seen this production, um, but I'm hopeful, and it, it certainly is a show. Did that you can see Hades Town when you went to New York? I did. You did, mm-hmm. and was that is worth winning? I mean, it won eight Tonys the other night. It's a, it's a really good show, and particularly the way it's staged is really interesting. Like the director for sure deserved to yeah. win. Uh, it's kind of interesting to me that none of the four principals in it, three of whom were nominated. One, because it's not really a very character-driven show. I don't know if you end it caring that much about the characters, but the way it's staged is really interesting. And, which is kind of unusual in new musicals on Broadway, I really love the songs. I can't wait for the CD to come out, which is taking forever. They're like gradually dropping a few of them online, but the whole CD doesn't come out for another month or so. But the music's really, really good. All right. Yeah, we we were trying to... Someone told us this about... Orpheus and Eurydice? Yeah, we couldn't even pronounce the names uh, no, of who I, they I, were. We I were like, we, you, we were getting it all mixed up with some other... The Greek Odyssey yeah. and the Odyssey. Well, you we know, it's a love story. Yeah. yeah. She goes to hell. He goes back down to save her, but he has to have faith and not look over his shoulder or they'll be separated forever oh. is basically the story. Okay. Thank you. And it doesn't that, end well. We should have called you this. Okay. <laughs> we should have totally called you any other <laughs> Any other plays or musicals that are in town? I mean, well, that you're really keen on or you want people to check out? One that is coming up in a couple of weeks, Sally Wingard, who's... Probably the biggest actor in town. Uh, Yeah, I would say she's the royalty of theater here. She is the theater royalty, and she is in a world premiere comedy called Stinkers, where she plays a woman who gets out of jail and takes charge of her two unruly grandchildren. Where will this be at? It will be at the jungle. And it's going to be there for basically the second half of the summer. It'll be there for about six weeks, I think. All right, Chris Hewitt, thank you so much. You can follow Chris on Twitter at... Hewitt Strib. Thank you so much, Chris. Chris. Thanks, guys. It was so fun. Appreciate 17 years of nibs and Twizzlers, too. We'll be right back.